You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian, what if this is it? What if he's as good as it gets? <sighs> what if it is? What if it is for both of us, Scott? For the Giants, for you and I, maybe this is the pinnacle of life. Today, as we sit here, you and I, I in my child's bedroom next to my washing machine. <laughs> the Giants at three and six, coming off a terrible, terrible win. Me losing my hair, but otherwise <laughs> better shape than I was when I was 23. Two healthy kids. Maybe it's all downhill, a job that's not terrible. And yet I hate all of those things. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I would say I'm I'm pretty certain that this is absolutely as good as it gets. And right. it is not great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that if you summarize the Giants victory yesterday with the truth, which is we beat a team with a winning record whose head coach was humiliated and fired three weeks ago. And then their best, probably their best offensive player killed someone by accident this week and is going to jail for a very long time. And then they traveled west to east on the night of daylight savings time with a one o'clock game. And we managed to beat them in an, an extremely ugly football game. That's, that's as good as it gets for this team. Yeah, and it and it just feels like the franchise like actually we're like like this Giants team is as good as this organization can do. You know, like right. as currently constructed, like with all the people who are involved like and I think it's going to if we can ever get any better than this, it's going to come down to just like blind luck, you know, like lucking into something. Maybe there's a player that comes through, but like this is this is our best. <laughs> Actually, this three and sixteen is like the best we can do. It's right. It's it's the culmination of this plan. This is the pinnacle of the plan that's being executed. You know, it's funny you say that though, because I do feel like the Giants are trying to replicate the way that they won the last two titles, but luck played an enormous role in both titles. And you can't replicate luck. But that seems to be what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, largely. And that's like what I meant by that is that like maybe we get lucky and hit on something the way we have in the past, you know, and get hot or something. But like this Giants team is the Giants organization firing on all cylinders. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And their approach. Look, I can't say that I don't use that approach in my own daily life. I'm just not running a personal, a professional sports franchise. Right. But there, cause that's the problem. I think, uh, what's that guy's name? Dan Shire or whatever. He tweeted out yesterday about our offense that they're not trying to score points. Like that's not the objective of a possession for them. Well, they're not trying to score as many points as possible. Like that's not their approach. It's not like okay, how, we let's score the most points we possibly can. Is not actually the game right. plan. Right? No, right. And I think that fits with the game plan of the franchise overall. I don't think we're trying to win as many games as possible. Right. I, that's true too. Right. We're trying yeah. to like stand for something or do something or do something a certain way. Right. Or, 
what have you surround ourselves with the type of people that we want to surround ourselves with or something. So Brian, are you trying to say that you take issue with what the giants are trying to stand for? Because if you want, I'll spell that out for you. And it is stability, right? That's what they stand for. Right. And by that bar, we have like, you know, this is what I think I was saying to you earlier, like, What's really interesting about the Giants is, like, this win, in many ways, like, if the Giants were approaching, if their ownership approached this season the correct way, this win actually sets up the rest of the season as this, like, perfect test case for, like, how much, what are the changes, how big of changes do we need to make, right? You've got, there's, like, five, five, maybe six winnable games left on the schedule. Maybe it's only five. You've won a game here that you, you've won a couple games that you, you weren't supposed to win to get to three and six. You've got a chance, like, if you could, you know, get to eight or nine wins where you can say, like, hey, actually, we're going in the right direction. Or, you know, we still muddle along, still sloppy, and then you go, okay, we're going to get rid of all these different people. We're going to make a fresh start here. The problem is the Giants have seen enough. They're good. They're like, we got the three wins. We had a couple surprising wins. They're playing hard. We're going to re-sign Daniel Jones, $200 million. Joe Judge, contract extension. You know, maybe Dave Gettleman, you know, is 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 quietly removed. But, you know, his hand-picked replacement, like, comes in. Things, yeah, stability, order is restored. We're, there's enough BS we can sling to say progress has been made and the Giants' way continues unabated. And that's what's so frustrating, you know, is like they're not even going to try to make the decisions they have to make. They've already made them before the results are in. Right. Right. And it was so clear that this is desperately the decision that they wanted to make. You know, they were like desperate for any evidence that could confirm that nothing needs to change. And there is clearly lots of evidence that lots needs to change. But not according to them. Right, like we all want Joe Judge to be the coach, and we all want Daniel Jones to be the quarterback, but they have to be it. They have to go out and do it. Yeah, they have to be good. Right, like as we stand here, Joe Judge has not done a good job and is not doing a good job. And the team, if anything, is not a good roster that it's actually underperformed its own talent. And Daniel Jones, we spend a lot of time talking about Daniel Jones and like his ceiling and whether, let's say he could be like a Kirk Cousins or a Ryan Tannehill, and whether that would be good enough, you know, and that's like an interesting debate in its own right. But the part of it that we never do talk that much about is that, like, as current as currently constituted, he's not even close to as good as any of those people that, you know, like, <laughs> could he, you know, is he going to be better than that? Like, well, of course we all want him to be better than that, but let's remind ourselves he is not currently as good as that. Like, he's worse right. than all of those people that we all think are maybe not good enough. He's not as good as Jared Goff. He's not as good as, you know, <laughs> like, so that's important. And I'm, I'm a fan. Like I count myself as like liking him, but like he's not close to those people yet. So before we talk about what his ceiling is, it's like, well, what's his floor? And if you want to say, well, you know, whatever the excuses are that he hasn't had the team or there's been injuries or, you know, all these things, well, he plays for the giants. That's the team he needs to be good for right right like i don't care if he could be good for someone else 
Because even right. if we trade him successfully, we wouldn't get better than a third round pick for him. So it's like, who cares? Right, but it's just like it's not about whether like you like it's not even about like slamming him or that he's bad or not good enough or whatever. It's just like he's certainly not proven himself yet. Like no, he's been bad the last two weeks. You know, like just straight up. I thought he was bad on Monday night against the Chiefs. I thought he was bad yesterday. Um, and you know, it's not all his fault. And I do think a lot of the excuses people make for him are totally valid. I think you know the offense coordinator, you know, no Andrew Thomas, whatever. Um, but what's frustrating is like I'm saying is like, here we are at three and six. We've won enough games that the season is not totally technically over. These guys are coming back. We're getting Andrew Thomas back. We're going to get Saquon Barkley back. The receivers are back. The defense has come on, right? The defense is actually playing pretty good football here. If you were the giants and you were trying to actually fairly evaluate your franchise and roster and coach, it's all in front of you to see what, what happens. And, but to make a call based on the result, the Giants are like, they're making the call before they see the results. They're like, it's like the Democrats, like, you know, <laughs> the night before election day being like, well, we did everything great, you know, and like doubling down on the, before the returns are in. Like, let's see what the results are before we make any important decisions about any of these people. Right. Or if you're going to jump the gun. Jump it towards just getting rid of the people who have consistently lost and been terrible and been boring. <laughs> right. And that's the problem is they're just boring to watch, too. I hate watching them. I know. I'm, like, so looking forward to the bye week of just, like, oh, good. I don't have to watch the Giants. And this yeah. is after a win, I'm saying this. This is after a win. But, I mean, what a lifeless performance, you know? I mean, look, I mean, I, I'll say this. The defense was has come on, and I, it's exciting because I do like Patrick Graham a good deal, and I'm, I'm happy for him that his reputation is not going to be destroyed by the Giants' failures. And <clears throat> some defensive players are coming on, and I always thought our defense was fine, you know? Where so do nice you stand see. presently on Leonard Williams? You know... He's fine. You know, he's an okay player. He's, I don't think he's part of the problem of the Giants. You know, I mean, I know like his arrival is part of the problem and the process that, that brought him to us. But I do think he, as a player, is a good, solid player. Um, you know, I, the problem is that like the Giants want to put him like on the marquee, you know, and, and right. he doesn't, and he doesn't belong there. But he, I do think he's a good, solid player. Um, and I like having him on the team, but it's like the problem is I remember I saw some like thing the Giants put out like a poster for this year, you know, and it was like Leonard Williams like front and center, you know, and like right Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay, and you're just like you, I don't you know like it just it's like Leonard Williams is a side dish. Leonard Williams is like. When I when I watch the Giants and I see Leonard Williams make a play and start to celebrate, I have been getting extremely irritated. But I also agree with more or less everything you just said. So to me, who and what Leonard Williams is, is he is like when you buy a 42-inch TV that's like really, really nice, but then it's in your house and you know you should have gotten the 55-inch TV. 
Right. And every time you walk by your 42-inch TV, it's like hard to complain about it because it's brand new and it's beautiful and it's got all the bells and whistles and the 4K whatever, like the definition. Right. Uh, but why is it smaller than I want it to be? Like that's right. why didn't I just right? Why didn't I pay the extra hundred dollars? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And that's the feeling I get whenever he makes a play. Like, if he swats a pass out of the air on, like, a second down and he's doing his pushing down dance or whatever, it it just upsets me. And I get it. Guy made a play. Guy made a good play. He's one of our yeah, better yeah. players on defense. He's definitely the best player involved in our front. Hard to complain about it. But, God, I should have just bought the bigger one. I should have just gotten the yeah, bigger TV. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, they've had a few guys emerge on defense, you know. I, I, it's like it's nice to see that Ojalari looks like he's going to be a good player, and McKinney stepped up. Or it's nice to see him have a good game. But it's again, it's like it is. It's not like the Giants. It's not like what I imagine it was like watching Lawrence Taylor's Giants emerge. You know, like the '83 right. Giants, where wow we're on the cusp of like a great defense. Like we have a nice solid defense that I think we could continue to have a decent defense, but it's not like the beginning of the dawn of a giants, the dominant deep, you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't, right. It doesn't sustain itself. Like, right. I would even say we don't have a very good defense. We are a very clever defense. We have a, right. you know, well-constructed defense, but I don't think we're not like good. We don't have, like any really talented players on defense. Even our best players on defense aren't like people I would consider like really talented guys. Right, right. I mean, and we're still missing plenty. Like, right, we don't have a true um, yeah. dominant player. Um, I mean, it is interesting. You think about a team like the Rams who have a, who have a really good defense, and it's like Donald and and Ramsey, and our, Ramsey. Uh, ours is um, Leonard Williams and, and James Bradbury. And they're both what? really good, but it's like such a perfect, like – come down you know what i mean like it's so like yeah. the two franchises it's like so perfectly encapsulated the difference <laughs> by right. the, the the difference in caliber of those two players oh, brian I, I just i i hate them i don't i love them and hate them just they shouldn't have won yesterday that sucks uh, yeah i know it, 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 it that was the first time in my entire life that i was rooting against them like, because all I could think was, Ugh, here we go. This is gonna. This is all John Mara needed to see. He's now sold on Joe Judge. The team hasn't quit on Joe Judge, which is like, it's like everything, right? You know, the only metric is not like whether Joe Judge wins games. It's like this weird metric of did the team quit on him? And so no. So we keep Joe Judge. You know, like is Daniel Jones throwing touchdowns and winning games? No, he's not. But is he like, has he matured? You know, like has <laughs> right. he is he turning it is over he a, a little bit less? Or like, yeah, like it, it, does the team respect him? Yes, uh, and and has he shown some toughness? Like he sure has. Duh, that's all I need to say. You know, <laughs> like why why isn't winning and being good the metric that the Giants are using <laughs> for deciding like <laughs> who to build this team around? You know, it's so weird. All right, the 2021 New York Giants are prioritizing neither scoring points nor accumulating wins. Those are not stated priorities of the team. Right. 
Right. And we just want to say again, it's so frustrating. It's like, here we are where I, we could have started this show on a positive note of, okay, that's a win that we stole from a team in crisis that now gives us this chance to like run this test. Okay, what do we got here? What are we made of? Who we got? Joe Judge, are you going to get this turnaround? Let's see it. And if not, we're going to go in another direction. But it's just you feel like it's not even that's not even the stakes. So no, I'm watching. I, and, and I know and my hunch is it's going to go the worst way of both. Right. We're going to finish with six wins and all these people are coming back. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so yes. we're not even going to get the exciting eight and nine win run that convinces them to return. And maybe, you know, maybe that I would even think that was like fool's gold but instead we're gonna we're gonna fail at it and still get everybody coming back and fail to realize that not almost making the playoffs is the same as not making the playoffs right those are the same things (laughs) all to almost and not are the same the same right no difference in the giant's eyes and it really doesn't count if you almost make the playoffs three games under 500 also not an accomplishment not a metric of success at all right right that's so true almost making the playoffs to the giants is the same as making the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) also like almost making the playoffs not the same as putting an entertaining product on the field very true in fact the last time the giants did make the playoffs i would argue they did not put an entertaining product on the field. That was, that season was a slog. Like, yeah. They were awful on offense. It was Could, Couldn't it was, move ball. Yeah, it was not a fun season. It was a weird season. <laughs> Defense is really good, but it was didn't feel like anything to build on there. Like Justin Bieber got himself involved. Right, right. That's right. It was like the boat. Oh, God, the boat. Somebody <laughs> posted the Giants record since the boat picture, and it's just like... It was. It only annoyed me because you could actually go back further than that to like make yeah, it bad. It right, doesn't have right. to just be the boat picture, or whatever. I kind of didn't want to talk about Odell, but now that the boat picture came up, it seems like we need to talk about Odell. Yeah, sure, you're right. Uh, and and like I'll get. Gi- I'll give the Odell haters. Uh, like I'll give them that the boat. All right, maybe the boat picture. <laughs> Oh maybe, man, like, that's maybe, a big admission. No, but like, meaning like, I don't agree with that. But like, you get to do it. Like, you get to post the meme. Like, you can if you hated Odell Beckham when he was on the Giants, and you want to say that the boat. <laughs> I don't agree with you, but like, you know, you get to do it. What about what about me? I'm not in that category. I always loved Odell. I still love Odell, but I was just like Odell. Just don't. Just tell right, Bieber. you didn't like the boat. <laughs> right, I just just tell Bieber next week, pal. Just... Right, right. I mean, Victor Cruz was on the boat. Why does anybody care that Victor Cruz was on the boat? He said he'd do it again. Victor Cruz won a Super Bowl. He he was a Super Bowl champion who said, I'm going to go on the boat. I still will never give in that the boat was actually the bad thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give the haters that, like, fine, show that picture. Maybe that was the franchise-altering moment where everything went bad was because those guys had drinks with Justin Bieber on a boat. <laughs> I don't want, I also, I, I, I'm a, I'm a full throated defender of Odell Beckham jr. I mean, Tom Coughlin found him acceptable. So there's something there. Yeah. 
But I also, I guess I wasn't as mad at Victor Cruz because let's be honest, Bieber was on that boat for Odell. Bieber wasn't coming on that boat for Victor Cruz. <laughs> Bieber was there to hang out with Odell. Yeah. What's the deal with Odell? I don't, I, you know, I thought he was going to go to Cleveland and destroy the league. I really, I thought he was going to, I actually put money like 10 bucks on him to win the MVP his first year in Cleveland because I thought he was going to be dominant. And he has not been, he just has not been. And I don't, I don't really get it. Like what the problem, you know, Baker hasn't been a great quarterback, but it's like unbelievable. The difference in his numbers with and without Odell. And I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan, but it's like, you can't just pin it on Baker Mayfield. No, I Um, know. I think he's definitely like, look, he's gotten dinged up over his career. He's missed a lot of time to injuries and I'm sure his body's not the same, especially to play the way that he played, like just so athletic. Right. But it seems like he's getting open. He looks great. I mean, he still looks fast, explosive. Like, he looks strong, you know? It's like, what the hell is the problem? And do they, does Baker just like, I don't know, like he subconsciously isn't looking his way or I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. And then Odell, it is like, you know, at a certain point, man, like you got to grow up, you know? Yeah. Like, help yourself, pal. Right, right. Like, this isn't the way to approach anything in your life. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's like, there's nothing, if you're who you say you are, like, go up and, and maybe he does do this, you know, and, like, go talk to him and be like, I need to get the ball. Like, yeah. Maybe don't have your dad post that video. Also, his dad didn't make the video, clearly. No, like, he didn't. But I don't think he claimed to. Like, yeah, his dad, like, took it from somebody and posted it okay um it was crazy how fast that all happened like his dad posts the video and then just the whole situation spirals out of control like usually that's like you can overcome something like that it's not usually like days later the guy is not on the team you know like it's true it's also though it's so like can you imagine if one of your co-workers dads called you out for your performance at work No, I can't. That's there's no <laughs> where my coworker's dad like tweets out how bad I am at my job. <laughs> and how it's making their child look bad. I don't know. I hope that never happens anyway. Right. I sort of hope it does. Right. That would be kind of exciting, would I guess. Be exciting, yeah. 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 It'd be fun. Uh, yeah. but I I also want to say, similar to your, you know, um I, I just want to say Odell has not been great in Cleveland. I'm surprised by that. I was wrong about how that would play out. The Giants did not win that trade. We did not win that trade. Twitter, yeah. give that I up. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We stink. We've stunk since the trade. Dexter Lawrence, who cares? Peppers, I'll take salt. You know, Dexter Lawrence, Dan Shire, who I just complimented, uh, for his tweets i kind of got into him i kind of got into it with him on twitter a couple of years ago shortly after the odell trade and and he had said something like dexter lawrence has the third highest pass pass rush win rate among rookie interior defensive linemen <laughs> it's just like what <laughs> no he does like who cares fine he does i don't care right i mean it's like to those people and i get sort of why you like thought odell was annoying or everything but it's like okay 
Dexter Lawrence has the third highest pass rush win rate of any rookie interior defensive lineman. <laughs> Odell Beckham was the most exciting offensive football player <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> but I ever saw suit up in a Giants uniform. He was the most exciting offensive player of anyone ever on the team. And I'm I know. 41 years old almost. Like, that's better than Dexter Lawrence's interior pass block win rate. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And nothing good has happened since we traded him. And I no. still, like, enjoyed having him on the team. And I wish it went better. And I blame the Giants for it going as poorly as it did. A thousand percent. thousand percent. I don't blame him. All right. Well, I don't know. Do we do we need to no. talk any more about how much we hate our no. team after they just won? And not that he's blameless, you know. Like I will say, he needs to like own. He clearly like he needs to go somewhere and do well and prove, you know. But no more questioning. Um, I guess we'll make this the segue, Scott. Um, I'm sick of people. I, I whereas you are allowed to question Odell Beckham his time with the giants and whether he is a problem i'm tired there is a man that i'm tired of people on twitter questioning <laughs> oh and yes somebody i've questioned i've been part of this it's the head coach the new york knicks thomas thibodeau <laughs> tommy who nobody should be questioning anymore and i don't care that we're struggling a little bit i find this getting just that I can't believe that, like, I guess it's not, I don't know. I'm arguing with, like, ghosts on Twitter. But, like, the people talking about, like, play this guy or play that guy. Like, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Let him figure it out. He knows what to do. I also feel like some of the Twitter reaction is just, like, not every problem has to be fixed instantly. Right. And I feel like you, <laughs> one time... I can't remember what you called it, but we were hanging out in your apartment in Sono. This is how long ago it was, in that loft apartment that you had. Like This is like 20 years ago. And uh, we're hanging out there, and something was broken, and you just openly were like, well, I'm not going to do anything about that, and I'm just going to hope it fixes itself in a few days. <laughs> and it did. I don't remember what it was. It was like a TV or something. And like, and that's always stuck with me because I've tried that a number of times and sometimes it works out. Right. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, that seems like a problem. I could like – and, you know, I've run into this problem before too. My my toilet was leaking this summer. It was like a problem. I could have waited. I could have just like called a plumber and waited. But instead I decided like, oh, I'm going to get my tools out and I'm going to get a screwdriver out. And there was toilet water spraying everywhere. <laughs> like, like all over the place. I was drenched. And it was dumb. I should have just done nothing. Right. Like, you know, and so even calling a plumber is doing something. Sometimes you can just do nothing. Twitter. Sometimes you can just watch a Knicks game and not do anything. Or sometimes, right. like, if there's a bad possession in a basketball game, no one's really got to fix anything. Right. Or you'll end up covered in toilet water. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, like, too, like, how this man, like, how has he not earned the right to, like, figure out who's playing you know i mean even like look let's face it the defense has been really bad and you know everything he was doing last year 
like to prioritize that defense that seemed like oh you know i mean look i i, I, I don't miss alfred payton for one second <laughs> not for one second but let's face it like there was something to it right like there was something there like that guy was big he could guard multiple positions. He helped him play the style of defense that he wanted, Reggie Bullock. And I'm not saying that we I actually think we're a better team right now. I think we're playing I think we're a better team right now than we were at any point last year. Even though we are, you know, we we've lost a couple of games that look like maybe we shouldn't have or and again, the defense is like one of the bottom in the league right now. But the offense is one of the top in the league, and I do I think like overall I think we're better than we were. But he knows what he's doing, you know, <laughs> like he did these things for a reason. Like it worked. The defense played was a top five defense and that's what he was afraid of losing. And he's trying to fight to find the right balance of getting the defense we need with the offense. And like, I trust that he's going to figure it out. So whether how much OB plays or, you know, what to do with the guards, like just the man like I think he's earned the right to not be questioned all the time about lineups and minutes and all this stuff. Like, right. He's working on it. He's got it. He's got it. He'll figure it out. Right. He's looking at it from every possible angle. And I trust that like the right balance will be found for this team to be the best version of itself. And I just think too, I I don't know, maybe we've become just so conditioned to coach speak that it's sometimes easy to dismiss a coach you know, when they're talking, but you know, he got asked pretty early on. Do you think that trying to really push the ball in transition is having a negative impact on the defense? And his answer was basically like, it's possible, but too early to tell. And I think that it, that could easily just sound like kind of a canned answer you give to a reporter, but I believe him. I think it's, he's like, I don't know. Yes, it's possible. I want to learn and figure it out. And here are the measurements I'm using. Like he's probably not going to get that much detail, but I'm taking it at face value. I bet he's, paying attention <laughs> right he's actively trying to, to answer that question every second of every day like right, right. To himself if no one else like right right are these offensive changes hurting our defense to the point that it's hindering our ability to win games is like i'm sure top of his mind don't you also just think like i don't know when you look at the games that we've lost and then you look at the games we've won the losses seem much flukier than the wins i think and like watching so this weekend right we beat milwaukee on friday night and i think one of the primary reasons we bit we beat milwaukee on friday night was derrick rose derrick rose was the guy for us who kind of caught fire and took the game over and he's the one that got us over the hump watching that game from yesterday against cleveland it's really just like no one took over you know and it wasn't clear who should you know, maybe Randall wanted to and just didn't have it, but then Rose also kind of didn't have it. And, like, I think that's going to happen, too. I mean, you know, as much as the Knicks did retain a lot of guys from last year, and there's certainly some continuity, especially in the second unit, you've got Kemba and Fournier are two big additions to that starting rotation that everyone's going to have to feel their way around because both guys need to score. Both nice guys need to get their touches. We still have Randall and RJ, you know, just no one ended up being able to step up last night. And I think that that was kind of, 
I don't think it has, you know, the defense wasn't great. Mitch appeared to be hurt, but I just think it's like some of the problems will sort themselves out once these guys have more experience playing with one another. Yeah, I agree. But I also think to the point of it being the losses feeling a little flukier, like I don't think we've been playing great defense, but the way that our defense last year, everybody kept saying, oh, like teams are shooting really bad on open threes against us. And that will even out as the season comes on. Like, I think we've had some pretty bad luck so far this year on that yeah. on the on the flip side and i think that'll probably sort itself out and we'll end up more i don't think we're going to be a top five defense this year the way we were last year but i don't think we're going to be a bottom five one either like rookie rubio went eight for eight from three point range until he missed like a heave at the end of the game last night like miles turner hit seven threes in a game like okay maybe we're giving those guys open looks but those are guys that i would give open looks like you wouldn't prioritize like closing out on ricky rubio Right. We had another game where Cole Anthony, who's playing better this year, but I mean, went off, you know, like um, against Toronto, they, they went off. Like, so are we playing as good a defense? No, but like, I, it does seem to me like that argument that was used against us last year now kind of could work in our favor and we're not like really getting the, uh, you know, the benefit from anybody. Yeah, and I mean, also, we don't need to have a top five defense. And that's also not to say that, like, I think Tibbs wants to have the number one defense in the league every single day of every single year. He Probably that's what he wants. But we also, like you kind of pointed out already, two of our starting five players are not as good as a defender as the guy that they're replacing. But they're absolutely a better basketball player than the guy they're replacing. So we have to shift our expectations a little. Right, and our offense is much improved. Like, it's not like it's been like, there's been no change. We're dramatically better on offense and we need to figure out how to get our defense good enough that we can take advantage of that more. And like, yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like we've had four really quality wins. So, you know, I'm not like worried about the Knicks. It's still like, I think way too early to say what the team's ceiling is. Like, um, you know, RJ looked like he had really taken this step forward and he had a bad game against the Cavs. I, I expect him to bounce back. Um, you know, me, yeah, Mitch and Noel both are going to miss Monday night's game against the Sixers. Like, so obviously they were, you know, maybe not themselves against Cleveland that, that led to some of the defensive problems. Um, but I, I mean, I still love like the makeup of the team and that's where I mean, like people, it's like Derek Rose should play more or start. It's like, we have this perfect situation where Kemba and Derrick Rose, like you can play the hot hand. Same with Mitch and Noel, whoever's playing better. Like we have all these great, like that's like Tibbs will handle that. You don't need to get involved in whether Derrick Rose or Kemba, who should play more. Like I trust him to manage that. And both of those guys are good players and we don't need to pit one against the other and fight each other about it. It's, it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) I think, should we just start, responding to the to to the folks on twitter that are complaining when people tweet a complaint about the the knicks currently should we just try to reply bing bong yeah yeah because i mean how do you go from bing bong to like two weeks later like what is tibbs doing like right and just the angst i know we were all like game one it was like right pandemonium in the streets and now it's like all this angst of like ah and i get it like because it as I've kind of said on our little text chain that we have, like they are tantalizingly close to being like, where you're like, Hey, like, wait a minute. Are we really good? You know, like they've had some really good stretches. Like they have a really deep roster. Um, If Randall were playing a little bit better, you know, like 
if Kemba was being a little more consistent, you know, like you are like, mm, man, if Mitch was like a little better shape. Um, and so then when we kind of drop back, it's like, oh, man, oh, we're not. No. OK, we're not. Well, we're not that good. You know, and you're just like, oh, wait, are we, uh, we're great? Are we, are we even the best? Oh, no, no, okay. Oh, we're just okay, you know. <laughs> I think that's what everybody's kind of going through, you know. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is hard. It's hard to ride the roller coaster. It was hard last year. We had no expectations. It was still hard to ride the roller coaster. Right. And also, people forget last year, we were 500 for most of the season. It wasn't until the end of the year that we exploded. So, like, we're still... Right. Like I said, I think a better team right now than we were at any point last year. Um, the NBA is deep, man. Yeah. Everybody's good. Everybody. I know. Cleveland is good. Like, Orlando's no slouch, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, that's also the thing. I don't feel like our losses are that bad. So these teams are good. Right, right. Indiana's like, I know they don't have a great record. But it's not like they don't have any good players, you know? Right. Like, Toronto is not a great team, but they're, boy, they're damn good. Like, um. Yeah, the league is like, you know, you look at Charlotte is like, I mean, I think if you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, the Celtics, Charlotte, uh, but the, the teams who right now are like sitting outside the top eight, like who oh, are right. playoff teams is like, or it's like Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, you know, I mean, it's good teams. Like, yeah. Um, so there's just no gimmies anymore. Right. And it's not even Christmas yet. Yeah, Everybody's I just feel out. like I just enough of the like and it's I'm just going to get off Twitter during games and like I just like it just to me it's like Obi's minutes like Obi's going to Obi's playing one a good amount playing much better. He's I get he's so fun. It's so fun when he's in. You want a little more, but like he's not holding him back because he thinks because he doesn't want you to have the fun like <laughs> you know we have the, the like 27th ranked defense that's clearly the concern you know like how does he manage it it's just it's you know like he's i just feel like i have come to the place where in a battle between nick's twitter and tibbs i for the time being until proven otherwise i'm taking tibbs side. <laughs> obviously i wholeheartedly agree with you but i do want to point out because i think you touched on something there i just think it's there's something about tibbs's demeanor which i mean something about it he's just such a grump that i do think that there are people who may not like have this as a stated belief but that's part of it they're like tibbs just does not want us to have fun he's holding back obi because tibbs look at that guy look at his face he doesn't want me to have fun Today. Right, right. Yeah, you know that's why he's sitting Obi. I bet you that's part of it. Right, or just that he's like so risk averse, and you know he's you know a hard right, ass. But, and but look at Joe Judge, and that's where you you see a guy who's doing that that doesn't work. Tibbs does it, and it works. Right, and Tibbs like look will adapt and learn and like the Knicks are firing up threes like nobody's business and they're playing at a faster pace and he's getting Obi in there and I bet you do see Obi and Randall tonight with the two centers sitting and like he's not burying quickly he's playing him like um even through some struggles and 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 burying and, and that's starting to bear fruit yeah like yeah. that's starting to show that was the right choice and like he played Grimes last night like I bet you continue to see that like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. So someone who 
does not know what they are doing. Or maybe does know what they're doing. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, this has been some fall for just terrible people doing terrible things and not facing nearly the level of consequence that they should. Right. You know? So just in the last few months, we have the Urban Meyer humiliation, the John Gruden humiliation, uh, Dave Portnoy not humiliated but should be, and uh, and, and now Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the level of assholeness that has been present in the world of sports in just the last two to three right. months is insane. Right, right. Those are impressive. That's an impressive foursome. Very different, um, uh, uh, of whatever infractions, I guess, across the board. There definitely right. like levels um, to which is the worst. Um, oddly enough, right? Urban Meyer probably the most harmless of those. <laughs> right. Of those yes. Right ironic but yes the first one to go it's sort of just like it's sort of like when ohio state got in all those trouble for all the tattoos and jim trestle got banned and all that stuff and it seemed so terrible at the time even though it was and then penn state comes off the top rope with just like (laughs) like all the jerry sandusky stuff right you know you're just like whoa (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Aaron Rodgers, what an unbearable asshole, though. I mean, oh. just the whole shtick of the thing that makes me so annoyed is the like, I'm a critical thinker, so I don't just follow blindly advice. You know, like the rest of us are just ignorant sheep because we took the vaccine. So we're dumb and he's smart. Right. I mean, just a child's level of like thinking, you know, I mean, he's like, I mean, you know. He's not a dumb person, but he's one of those people so in desperate need of discovering that he's not even close to as smart as he thinks he is, you know, and like, that's a hard lesson to learn in life. Most of us learn it when we're like 17 and we don't have to be in our thirties right? <laughs> before we come to that painful reality of like, oh, right. I'm just like smart. I'm not like really smart. <laughs> You know, it's sort of some like this mentality too. Well, exactly. And I think there are some people that are in my life that early in the pandemic were looking for like these alternative, like remember like herd immunity yeah, yeah, and all these things, certain people who wanted to sort of, they wanted to guess how this was all going to end so that if it ended the way that they guessed, they could be like, see, I, I knew it, called it right right you know and it's just like you didn't know anything and so like that's sort of i think the pandemic has messed with those people because it's just nothing has turned out the way that they thought it would and so they have to go deeper and deeper and deeper to find this alternative answer that they're looking for to just like an incredibly solvable problem yeah i just love the like Look, I'm not some kind of anti-vax, flat-earth guy. Like, I'm not one of those crazies. I just did my own research and found my own immunization protocol that I (laughs) followed and that is just as good as the vaccine, even though, oh, by the way, I did just get COVID. So this protocol obviously did not work at all. And and, and that's not probably fair because, right, you can still get COVID even if you're vaccinated. It's just far less likely. Um, and then, of course, much less likely that you'll have an adverse reaction. So, but it's just like I'm not one of these nuts. I just worked with a homeopathic uh, medical professional <laughs> to devise my own immunization protocol. It's like, what is that? What is it? What did you do? 
it's like, oh, it stimulates my immune system. It's like, right, that's exactly what a vaccine does, but in a much specialized way so that it prevents the actual, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, right. That's what a vaccine does, but for real. But for real and for the virus that you're looking to protect your body from. Like, I don't, what do you mean? Like, you stimulated your immune system, but like, if not tailored to the specific virus, like, I, what is that? I don't, anyway, I have no idea what he was talking about. Well, but, I also don't understand the do your own research people. Like, when did this start? When did we all start having to go to medical school via WebMD <laughs> to then, like, prepare ourselves to argue with our doctors? Right. And just this, just if there's ever a time, it just seems like, just come on. This thing is so heavily scrutinized. Um, like, cause look, like, there is a certain skepticism, like innate skepticism that I can respect, right? Like, it, it is the medical community that foisted Oxycontin on all of us. And there, the system in place to protect us from that did not work. And there's been however many thousands of opioid deaths and, the FDA did not do its job to prevent that, right? Or you had a scandal like Theranos, which like blood testing fraud that we should absolutely have systems in place. So like, I understand where a certain amount of skepticism, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, I think it's called like Dark Waters, but it's about this chemical company that made the stuff that makes your pans nonstick. Mm-hmm. And they were dumping it in people's drinking water. And this stuff is poisonous, right? Like, these big companies, when profit motive is at stake, like they will do stuff to fuck with us. And, but it's just like one, here we are in this global pandemic that has killed millions of people. You have this medical treatment that's easily the most heavily scrutinized medical intervention of our, our lifetimes, probably. Everybody, every smart person in the world combing through the data, like, it, it, it's it's unbelievably effective at doing the thing that we all needed to do. Like it only works if every, if as many people do it as possible. Like if there ever was a time to just say, okay, I will get this vaccine for the good of everybody. It's this time, you know? Yeah. Well, also all those things you bring up while true, I don't think it was like the people who were harmed in that situation, I don't think were harmed due to their own lack of personal research. Right, right. No, in fact, and it certainly wouldn't have helped, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I think I told you this earlier, but this this calendar year, I have done my own research about how to fix my toilet, my refrigerator. Sorry, we just experienced some technical difficulties and I got cut off. But I think the bottom line of the point I was in the middle of making when we got cut off is that, you know, the Internet is not more trustworthy than our doctors. Even if the medical industry is somewhat suspect, the Internet is not trustworthy. Right. And I'm also like, I just feel like if you do, like, I've done a lot of research. I'm not like oh, they said take the vaccine and then stick it in my arm the first time I ever heard about it, you know? like right. And so, like, it seems to me like it's a quite rational decision. He's making it out like only idiots like us and just with dripping with arrogance that us fools and simpletons would just blindly take this vaccine. Like, that's not really what's going on here. Like, you know, I have looked into it there's a very compelling case to be made for taking the freaking vaccine, you know, like (laughs) it's not something only schmucks would do or people who, 
you know, walk in straight lines and aren't uh, critical thinkers like he is and don't have the complexity of the, you know, like it's a perfectly rational decision. If you were, if you did a lot of decent research, it's hard, it's an almost inescapable conclusion that you should take the vaccine. So you are showing your whole entire ass to the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also, not a critical critical thinker, a liar. You're a liar, right. Aaron Rodgers. You were covering up a lie, and while covering up a lie, you told more lies. You are not a critical thinker. You are a liar. Right, and covering up because in your core, you had a sense that this made you look like an asshole. And an right. And you felt confident that you were smarter and you'd made the right choice but not so confident in that fact that you wanted anyone to actually know about it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Cause if you had the confidence in the research and all your critical thinking, why weren't you shouting it from the rooftops? Right. The rest of us are getting, we're going to get sterilized by this horrible vaccine. And you had this foolproof immunization protocol that like, I'd love to know about this great, homeopathic remedy that you right. have why can't i be in, included in this why aren't you doing ads for the company that you that you worked with on this or whatever like let the world know spread the world no you were hiding it you didn't want anybody to know that you had made this kind of goofy decision because <laughs> you knew you'd yeah. come across and get the type of criticism that you're getting well the woke mob and oh, cancel God, culture I will know. come for cancel me cancel culture the, one of the things he said, by the way, what, what did he, it, he said, oh, he said on the left, you know, before the election, they were like, don't take the vaccine. And then Trump lost the election. And then all of a sudden they wanted to take the vaccine. That's not true. There's not one bit of truth to that. Nobody on the left was saying, don't take the vaccine. And then after election day was like, take the vaccine. I think people were rightly suspicious of Trump's motivations for pushing anything. Right, that's such a troll move and such a such BS. Like, right, there this was, was a lie. Yeah, there was a clear period where it was pretty clear, and people were understandably suspicious that Trump was going to rush the vaccine and try to get it out before election day because he said specifically that he wanted it out before election day. Which, right. like, what what could make your alarm bells go off more? And the some Democrats said, if Fauci tells me it's okay, I will take it. But they weren't right. going to take Trump's word for it, which, I mean, look, is perfectly understandable. Can you say that's right. playing politics a, a little, I guess, but that is so no. funny. Like, no, you right, can't. Right. You can't say it's it. Perfectly it's perfectly right. right. You can't right. say it. Trump, why won't you distrust Trump? Because he lied every day, all day for his entire life. And right. how? who could trust him? Oh, all those other guys are dishonest. Maybe so. But we have never seen a liar on the scale of Donald Trump. And if you don't accept that, it's because you really desperately don't want to accept that. Right. And it is like I personally am somebody that doesn't blindly trust federal agencies and think they're always telling the truth. So I have followed this fairly closely. And it, it is very, again, like you said, very difficult to escape the conclusion that there is any other choice to be made but taking this stupid vaccine. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but there, like, there have been a few people, as Brian knows, my wife is someone who is classified as immunocompromised. And 
there have been a few people that I know who, when I've shared that with them, their reaction is then like, oh, well, then it makes sense that you guys took the vaccine. But I don't have anyone immunocompromised in my life, so I don't take the vaccine. So that's why I didn't do it. Number one, if you think the vaccine is harmful, why does it make sense for me to take it if my wife's <laughs> immunocompromised? I don't get that. Like, right. If I'm going to die or become sterile from the vaccine, why would I take Why does it make sense for me to take it because my wife is sick? That's insane to me. <laughs> Number one. Number two, why are we giving it to people that are immunocompromised if it's bad for you? It just doesn't make any sense. I just don't understand why vaccine. I guess just the idea of preventative. I don't have it. I'm taking something to prevent something that I don't have. People find, but but I just don't understand. Then they get it and they'll take anything. They'll rush off and they'll take off the shelf invermectin that's actually for horses. You know, like right. they'll you know take any these antibody you know whatever it's called treatments that people are racing to take like so once you have it you'll you'll put anything in your body but to prevent it that somehow feel i just like don't understand it right it's also just the fact that's so silly if there was a somehow if there was a cancer vaccine would you not take it because there are treatments for cancer right oh my like, god the treatments for cancer are horrifying i know of course give me a vaccine oh it was just so obnoxious just the dripping contempt he had for everybody and just like dude you're a good football player and you're a bright guy. You don't know more than everybody ever, anywhere ever. You're not the smartest dude that ever freaking lived. And the arrogance actually bothered me less than the victimhood. The victimhood yeah, that's was true. so inexcusable. Oh, cancel culture is coming for me. No, they're not. By the way, you're going to be starting for the Green Bay Packers as soon as you're healthy again because everybody saw Jordan Love and he's <laughs> So you're not getting canceled. You're, in fact, going to keep your job. You're going to be really good. You might even win the Super Bowl this year. You're not getting canceled. Right. You're being criticized. Understandably right. so. And you knew you would be. So shut up. Right. No one is canceling you. You're free to say, to go on any podcast and say whatever stupid nonsense you want. Like you came off really stupid and <laughs> it was a really terrible day in your life. <laughs> yeah. And still yet not terrible enough, honestly. Right. I know you don't yeah, I mean it's just the way these guys run to cancel culture too, like the first minute that he's ever being criticized in his entire life, you know, someone who's been right. wildly celebrated almost throughout his existence. And now cancel culture has come for me. <laughs> cancel culture. I can't man, there's so many terms. That's cancel culture I can't ever hear again. Critical race theory I can't ever hear again. Woke I just can't ever hear just enough already. Um, and yeah, people who just evade any accountability for anything and then invoke cancel culture, like Dave Portnoy, you know, the only one thing I want to say about that, man, the one it's grotesque and nothing funny about it, but nothing, nothing, when I, that there's so the one, this story came out, Dave Portnoy aggressively, when he has sex with women, it almost borders on assault. He seems to be filming women without their consent, strangling them without consent. I mean, just awful stuff. But it follows that actually, like, sex tapes have been leaking about from Dave Portnoy for years, I guess, or at least months. Yeah. There's been several of them. I, I saw one, I don't maybe last year or something. And nothing ever went from funny to upsetting. 
faster than the Dave Portnoy sex tape. Where the first time I saw it, I was like, <laughs> like at the start, you're like, oh man, this is, and then you're like, uh, oh, Ooh. oh God, oh Jesus, like right. Jesus, and it's like you, all you had to do was watch anything with that guy and it was like of course of course this yep. is how this guy has sex i bet this yes. i bet this isn't i bet this is not the worst of it this is like the best version of it of course oh, this yeah. is what he's into and like the the tri- the like the road that video travels from like harmless to to like upsetting yeah, i was totally really like upset right. by it when i saw it like it was like oh god like I wanted to like call that girl's family, you know, like you were yeah. like, Jesus, if this was, if I, if I, someone I loved was ever with this guy, like Christ. And like, you know, I don't know, not to get into dangerous territory, but like, you know, look, people's sexual proclivities. I'm very open-minded in this regard. Like people are into what they're into, but like, it was not hard to see this story eventually that this was the only conclusion was eventually somebody yeah. be like i had an experience with this dude it was awful right <laughs> absolutely awful. absolutely and and for him too it's never just like you know i could also as as much as we've slammed aaron Rodgers for the past 10 minutes or so i could easily just see not hearing from him again about vaccines until you know ever right like i could see him just like not talking about it again like dave portnoy is now attacking back and like going at, and it's just like i mean you don't have to do that right 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 but he, you know he feels no shame he doesn't right. claim to be a good person so nobody holds him to the standard of a good person it's like oh that's who he is and it's just there will never be you can't fight somebody like that somebody who doesn't care that's true. if you think he's not good and does whatever they want like there's just no stopping a guy like that it's a superpower right and I, and I guess that is what, in some ways, and again, not to, you know, I want to be careful with my words here. I'm not trying to minimize anything. But in some ways, it makes Aaron Rodgers all the more infuriating because he wants us to think he's a good guy. Right. A smart guy. Right. A critical thinker. A critical thinker. <laughs> you know? Like, I probably would have more respect for him if he was just like, I don't know. I'm just not doing it. Like, right. And also, like, again, you know, it's kind of the whole cancel culture thing, too, is like, those are very different fouls of conduct and and some people probably would like to see portnoy be canceled lose his platform and and no one would say the same for aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is getting criticized for having a terrible opinion that's actually quite harmful and i think worse than just like saying a dumb thing but ultimately nobody's saying he should have like no voice in public discourse whereas the other guy who committed a much more serious infraction the punishment that people would seek would be more like that's how it works right. like i don't know i don't right. understand how like public sanction is supposed to work like i don't know like <laughs> hey could you like do you get to just do whatever you want and there's no accountability ever is that the s- system we're supposed to have i don't even get it also cancel culture is only for famous people like i could say something offensive at my workplace and then people would just i would get canceled but like just people wouldn't want to be my friend right. or talk to me or associate with me right yeah yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. All right, Brian. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, but a lot of good ground covered. Indeed. For all you uh, giants among men maniacs out there. <laughs> See everybody next week.